Welcome back to the Institute of World Mission podcast. I'm your host, Alex Ott, and today we are turning our attention back to the celebration series. Now, what is the celebration series? You might not remember, right? It's 12 interviews that we are recording and airing here on the IWM podcast. Each one is with Dr. Katya Reinhardt as main presenter and coach for Adventist missionaries on matters of health. Dr. Reinhardt is an associate director for the General Conference Health Department, and she regularly presents and consults to cross-cultural missionaries, especially during mission institutes. Today is the seventh interview, but let me not go ahead of myself. Let's invite Dr. Katya to join us on air. Welcome to the Institute of World Mission Weekly Podcast, a show for Adventist mission enthusiasts striving to live, serve, and witness cross-culturally. Visit us at iwm.adventist.org podcast to view this podcast's show notes, links, and previous episodes. Institute of World Mission is your partner in the mission field. Dr. Katya, welcome to the Institute of World Mission Podcast. Thank you. It's so good to be back. Yes, you're back. And this is a series. We are actually doing a series with your help on health. And we've, we're following a special acronym that is being uh, shared from the General Conference Health Department, which goes with the word celebrations. And today is our seventh installment, and we're doing it on the letter A, AIR. And let me ask you, Dr. Katya, let me ask you this question uh, so that we can just dive into the whole topic, especially for the missionary community. But this will be an introductory question. In what way is air part of a healthy lifestyle? Well, air, air is so critical for, uh, for our health and even for, for living. I mean, for many reasons. For one, um, if you don't have fresh air that has adequate amounts of oxygen in it, um, and if we're unable to breathe naturally, we will die within a few <laughs> uh, minutes. Um, if, if your brain doesn't have oxygen for just a few minutes, it will, you might end up being brain dead. And so we know that air and breathing is so critical for, for our health. And of course, um, knowing how well to breathe, you know, to take deep breaths, appropriate breaths, to be able to uh, also stay away as much as we can from pollution in the air uh, is, is very important because there are many, many diseases and, and uh, chronic conditions even that can start to develop if we don't have that adequate amount of fresh air. And so fresh air is very important. Thank you. Uh, often when we think about health, we think of things like food, exercising, um, medication, I don't know, some of those things, but uh, air is probably not the first thing that comes to our mind. Maybe because there's not much we can do about it, but what I'm beginning to hear from you, Dr. Katia, is that there are actually things that, um, that, that can be done. So let's Let's take it apart. Let's take it step by step. In thinking of our audience of Seventh-day Adventist missionaries, cross-cultural expatriate workers all around the world, um, 
many in our community serve in very polluted areas. So let's talk about this. What are the negative impacts of air pollution on us as, as people, as missionaries and our children? Yes, it's a, a huge uh, issue that we must consider. You know, uh, the World Health Organization uh, does point out that more than 2 million people die every year because they don't have uh, adequate air because of air pollution and pollutants in the air. And among them are children, you know, um, every, every family, not only the adults, but also mostly children die each year also from respiratory infections and other kinds of complications from indoor and outdoor pollution. Um, sometimes it's related to smoking or secondhand smoking. Other times it's just because, again, as you said, uh, they may be in a, in a country where the levels, the particles in the air are so many and the levels of air pollution is such that, um, you know, there's a, a huge increase in, in risk for chronic conditions. So you see anything from respiratory conditions, uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease that can come from this. You see other kinds of things in children, primarily pneumonia. It's one of the major causes of death um, and it's related to air pollution. Um, but you also see other conditions, for instance, among adults, anything from cardiovascular disease, ischemic heart disease or high blood pressure to other kinds of um, airways inflammation that, you know, produces coughing and wheezing and difficulty breathing. Also, the immune response can be impaired. Cognitive uh, development it can be impaired. And uh, many other kinds of uh, issues like even lung cancer can be a result. So there are a lot of health conditions that can come both in children and adults if they are constantly exposed to their air pollution to levels that are detrimental. And so um, it is a real serious issue. And there are ways that sometimes, you know, uh, we can do uh, some things to minimize that. Other times it's a little more difficult, but we can certainly explore some of those things. Let's do that because um, I know many personally, I know many families and I know um, uh, that our team members uh, relate and talk with many, many missionary families that realize that uh, places that they go to are polluted, but they pray over it and they feel their cold and they go. And, and uh, we definitely uh, commend this kind of ability, openness and desire to follow God's call. And yet in those polluted areas when, where air is not good, there are things that missionary families can do to uh, to improve their surroundings at least in their houses so let's let's start maybe giving uh, a little bit of uh, or exploring a little bit of advice uh, what can be done to tackle this issue of polluted air uh, around those places where missionaries live what would you say dr Katya? Yeah, well, certainly um, we can think about maybe there are places that um, have air pollution. It's not the worst case, but there are things that need to be done in any place, right, that we can avoid uh, being exposed to air pollution. And then there are countries and places where people are serving that it has a high, very high level, like uh, places like India or um, China. China or some Asian countries. Um, so maybe we can think about some general things that are, are helpful to 
reduce or, you know, if not eliminate exposure to air pollution. And then other situations in those high level countries of high particles that you cannot avoid it totally, but there are certain things you can minimize uh, the risk. And um, so if you think about in general, um, let's think about, you know, air pollution normally would be outside. Uh, it could be related to vehicles and, and transportation. It could be uh, related to, um, uh, you know, climate things that also don't help uh, air to flow. Uh, and so depending on location, um, it's sometimes a region may be worse than other regions within a country or city. And uh, there's also... Um, uh, air pollution related to different kinds of, uh, uh, let's say, uh, how can I say, um, industry that produces fumes and um, other kinds of pollutants in the air. And so if the missionary is in a place where it's not the worst city or the worst uh, problem in the world, but there is some of these things present where they are, whether it's industry that is polluting the air, whether it is not enough, um, uh, you know, greens and trees in a city that's just lots of um, cars and, and not enough fresh air nearby. Uh, so one of the things would be to try to, every once in a while, of course, inside the house, keep as much as possible uh, the air fresh, use um, filters in the home, uh, humidifiers in the home, maybe use some indoor plants that can actually help to uh, control the humidity to avoid mold from forming in the house. And even things like some people use charcoal, for instance, for mold prevention in, in very humid climates. Um, so these are some things that you can do inside the house that uh, oftentimes can help. In places, normally we would say, oh, open your windows for fresh air to come in. But there are certain places that you can't. So you need to keep your windows closed so that you prevent the polluted air from outside to coming into your house. And sometimes that is something that needs to be done. Um, other times, of course, um, if you are in places that you can't, you know, plant a tree uh, in your backyard or plant, have some green around, uh, maybe you can at least every once in a while in the week, take your family away from that situation to a place where there is nice, um, a park or a place where there is uh, some vegetation and fresh air that you can at least take some breath air, you know, deep breathly there and have some exercise and activity in that place. Otherwise, you can sometimes also avoid uh, being in the in a place like you know during rush hour. We know that the traffic is there and the air is worse quality. So avoid walking outside during those rush hour uh, places, especially in polluted areas. And um, also, you know, uh, try to exercise inside instead of outside. Might be another way. Uh, so that you can avoid as much as possible being exposed to the uh, air quality that is outside. So uh, these are some things, you know, that come to mind, uh, certainly wearing masks. In some places, there are different types of masks that can be worn. Normally, they don't filter all particles, but certainly in various places when you have um, a very high 
um, you know, pollution level, then you may want to wear a mask as you go outside as well and walk so that you don't breathe in all those particles at once. You can filter some of those out. Excellent, Dr. Katya. Thank you so much. This is a, a, a range of different situations that we're looking at from very humid climates to uh, very dry climates, uh, but uh, uh, with polluted air and uh, uh, our apartments our houses as missionaries need different uh, solutions, different ventilation systems. But what I'm hearing from you, it's important to be cognizant of the quality of air that we that we breathe because there could be consequences if we are careless about this particular topic. Do I hear you correctly on this? Yeah, you're very right. And, and it's true that, you know, depending again, and the situation in the climate and whether the missionary is living in a major city or outside of the city. Uh, but even sometimes in the places where there's a very high particle levels in the air, even when you are away from the city, you still may not have uh, good quality. So all you can do is really try to see as much as possible how you can control your own environment at home um, and use some of these things that I mentioned, you know, depending on the situation to do that. And also, um, you know, be cognizant of other day-to-day kinds of um, activities sometimes that we don't think about that can make a difference. For instance, um, avoid, uh, you know, taking your car and going uh, too many times uh, driving, you know, to go places. If you can avoid, reduce the number of trips uh, that you may take uh, with your car, because that again, just using the car does worsen the air quality as well and expose you to to that environment. If you have fireplaces at home, you may want to eliminate that um, or, you know, uh, wood stove uh, if you can uh, have it outside but not at home because, again, that worsens the quality of the air inside the house. And so uh, avoiding, for instance, burning leaves or, or trash outside. So making sure that um, if there are locations around the house or in the neighborhood that uh, there is trash, there is, um, uh, you know, things that are not taken care of in terms of hygienic environment, uh, maybe you can get involved and, and find ways uh, with others in the community to handle that and to find uh, ways to really, um, you know, manage that sewage or that, that trash or even, you know, in places, I, I know an example of a city where actually missionaries got involved in the community and, uh, you know, really created a beautiful um, ministry in a way, helping to clean up the trash and even to uh, recycle things so that the, the air quality would improve not just for them, but also for others in the community. Yes, um, it's very interesting. I know of a, of a city, because of the poor quality of air, the buildings are mostly black. And uh, oh. it's it's one of the biggest cities in the world, and it needs way more missionaries than we have there right now. Uh, but it is a polluted place. So this is just uh, uh, maybe a reminder, maybe a little bit of help to our listeners to... Um, think of air as very important part of their healthy lifestyle. Let's let's switch gears a little bit, Dr. Katya, and um, uh, from the topic of pollution to the way we breathe, whether, you know, say we breathe 
good healthy air right but how to breathe properly because i think that has an impact on uh, on our health so what would you say as a as a health professional uh, concerning our breathing habits can it be done wrong can it be done right what is the right way of doing it Yes, no, you're right. I mean, oftentimes, sometimes we are not conscious of how we are breathing. And the truth is that you can have a very superficial kind of breathing that's not really going in and expanding your lungs to the max and helping that air exchange to be uh, optimized, if you will. So um, it's important that we really uh, have good posture to begin with. Uh, you know, instead of just um, uh, sitting down and, you know, kind of like being the couch or, or writing without having proper posture, that will impact how we breathe. And so it's important, for instance, to flatten the plane of our pelvis and contract our uh, muscles as we sit and really stand tall, you know, um, if, if we are standing or even uh, sitting, uh, making sure that we decrease the forward or the backward curves of our spine which can also impact, um, you know, the, the volume or, or how much the lungs can expand. So keeping the head back, the chin horizontal, you know, looking straight ahead with our eyes, that kind of posture, also the feet, you know, the feet beating, being slightly apart, but, you know, directed forward and happy, having also, also the upper limbs uh, just hang naturally by the side when we are walking. When we are standing like that, it's much easier for us to breathe and expand the lungs. Like for instance, if you're walking and you're doing some of those things, uh, or even when you're sitting and you do that, you will be able to, as you breathe, expand your lungs better. So it begins with good posture, uh, but then it goes from posture to also how you breathe. So um, there is something called diaphragmatic breathing that you know you might've heard of. And so usually people who exercise or who sing, um, they are used to kind of practicing this regularly because it strengthens, you know, uh, their muscle for respiration and uh, it uses the diaphragm that, you know, to be able to really push the air in and out and, and be able to um, allow for better breathing. So people can practice this kind of breathing, diaphragmatic breathing by, uh, for instance, while standing, stretching the arms high above one's head, and then breathing slowly in, and then um, through the nose, but with the mouth closed, and then taking a few minutes. And then uh, as they do that, the lower ribs will expand and allow the lung to expand. And then expand the chest as far as possible while, while breathing in. And then at the height of inspiration, take one more whiff of air, like at the very last. And then with the mouth open after, you know, that take, that deep breath came in. Then with the mouth open, people, we can then let the air out slowly uh, as we, we bend over even. And even cough to get the last bit of air out. Uh, so if, if we do this kind of slow breathe in with arms up, allowing the lungs to expand and then take a little bit more, then, you know, pushing the, the air uh, on the lower part of the abdomen and then I'll release it back doing this five to 10 times every morning, 
that would be a good way to take a deep breath in. Um, we say usually in an hour, we should just stop for a few minutes, three minutes or so, and then just take some of these slow, deep breaths. We don't want to do it too much and then hold the air too much because that can also be problematic, but just naturally breathing in and then, you know, letting it go, breathing out, um, that can help in many different ways. Besides the breathing, it can help to calm somebody down as well, quiet the nerves and uh, reduce anxiety in, in many ways. So uh, this is just an example of what we can do in the proper way of breathing. We should be able to expand the chest and also with the abdomen, the, the diaphragm, and push it back as we breathe out. So I hear two things. First is a special exercise of deep breathing that we should do uh, preferably daily uh, or maybe even more often throughout the day, as well as uh, more of a, a deeper breathing, you know, kind of on a constant basis. Is that correct or am I, or am I missing uh, something here? So Yeah, you know what's interesting? As we become aware of this, we become, you know, the, the, the more we can practice this, the better. Sometimes we may forget, but if we could remember at least every couple of hours to, again, stretch, we are told we shouldn't be, for instance, sitting longer than an hour anyway. We should get up and move, right? So as we're doing that, it's a good time to practice uh, a few deep breaths, uh, even within a couple of hours or an hour, you know, so that we are taking in allowing the oxygen to come to our brain in a way, you know, even better uh, through that fresh air, uh, if we can do it outside, even best. But yes, throughout the day, daily for sure, but even more frequent, um, uh, ideally every hour, making sure that we take at least a few deep breaths like this for 30 seconds or so. And then we can continue on. And it's amazing how this can help us to keep focus, our mind fresh. And, um, and, you know, even as we walk or exercise, uh, do some kind of uh, movement, we would be forced to do that anyway. You know, if you're doing a moderate of activity, it will, you know, force you to do deeper breaths. But even if you're not um, making a point to stop for a few seconds in within an hour and do it, uh, that's really ideal. Thank you, Dr. Katia. Uh, in the remaining few minutes here, I wanted to ask you one more question. In the COVID-19 or post-COVID era that we are kind of living right now, masks are a big deal, right? But I see a lot of people having trouble with masks. For instance, um, um, my wife, she, you know, she has a difficult time breathing, of the, although in public places where she needs to use it, she uses it correctly, but... She doesn't like it because it kind of doesn't let her breathe properly. Is there a connection or any advice that you could give us? How can we have uh, good breathing patterns and habits and still use the masks correctly? Yeah, well, it's a very a good point. There's, of course, um, many different thoughts sometimes about masks. But, you know, I think we all agree and, and certainly the evidence points to the fact that we need to wear them, right? Um, that does reduce the spread in, in the transmission of all respiratory infections, COVID being one, but this is true for the flu, for uh, you know other kinds of, of uh, respiratory infections as well. So in this case, we are being asked to use it. 
Now, there are people, for instance, that may have uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or asthma or other conditions that for them, it, it may be, they may be more sensitive to feel short of breath anyway, even without a mask. And so sometimes, you know, of course, if they put the mask on and they are going out, uh, that may be difficult for them to keep it on the whole time. So uh, the first advice would be, especially now during COVID, for people that, for instance, have chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, uh, asthma or emphysema, you know, any of those kinds of conditions that makes it difficult for them to wear a mask, the recommendation is that they try to avoid going out, actually, <laughs> that they, you know, uh, try to stay home because if they can't tolerate a mask for too long, outside um, is better than if they try to as much as possible avoid avoid going out uh, because going out it would be important to wear a mask now there are different types of masks there's masks with filter on the side you know sometimes that one like a 3m mask with a filter um, uh, that supposedly is is to help even uh, filter even more uh, some of the particles in the air. That one is very difficult for some people to use if they have that that filter. So it may be better to use a mask without uh, that uh, 3M filter or other filters like that. That is just maybe a cloth, you know. Um, it still may have two or three layers in order to have the best, um, uh, you know, result in, in terms of fil filtering out some of the particles. But if you're using cotton or another kind of cloth like that, that um, is not necessarily a built-in filter, that may be easier for people to breathe in. Now, uh, it's very important that if someone is not able to tolerate that, then try to keep distance from other people. Remember not to be touching the mask as you remove the mask for a few seconds or a few minutes. Uh, as you are away from people, you can remove the mask during that time. But, you know, careful where you're touching your mask. You want to touch it only in the string near the ears and not in the front or near the nose or the mouth where actually that's where the particles may be that are filtered out, may be caught in that, that part of the mask. So always make sure to, if you need to take a break because you can't really breathe very much, but you are away from other people, you can remove the mask uh, if you're outside and um, you know, just be careful not to contaminate your hands uh, with the particles that are on the mask. So um, again, every situation is different, but um, if there is a condition that it really makes it hard to wear a mask, it's best to avoid going out as much as possible, have other people in the family go, or if you're going, go to a place Go to a place where you're not going to be close to people, maybe a park, you know, that definitely will have uh, lots of distance between other people. And uh, if you do wear it, try to wear one without the filter that makes it even more difficult. And if you need to take a few breaks every once in a while, make sure you do it distant from other people, but careful how you touch the mask. Those are just some, you know, general uh, kind of recommendations. Excellent. And do not wear it below your nose, right? I see so many people doing this everywhere. They're having a mask over their mouth, but not their nose. So this is this is something that I see all the time. And that's probably not the right way of doing it. Oh, true. The other one is, yeah, they I've seen so many people just, you know, they want to take a break. So they take their mask and they put it right under their chin. 
and of course, it's touching everything there. So, you know, it's contaminating your chin and they are not careful where they touch the mask, <laughs> you know. So, but certainly you're right. Many times they're thinking they want to write on the, no the nose. Remember, this is a respiratory uh, transmitted uh, condition that, you know, there are droplets that are coming in and out of your nose. So um, you definitely want to cover your nose and mouth tightly and, and make sure that you don't touch it, uh, the mask, the front of the mask with your hand. Thank you, Dr. Katya. Now, uh, the next letter is T. So what does it stand for? It's for next time. We won't go into the topic, but let's announce the topic. What is it going to be? Sure. Yeah. T has to do uh, with uh, trust. Trust. Um, uh, but usually trust is under the new start that people are usually think, oh, T is trust. In celebrations, T has to do with temperance. So uh, temperance is about really bringing equilibrium and balance to everything that we do. And oftentimes we think of temperance as it relates to avoiding the things that are harmful to us and using with um, wisdom and being judicious as we use the things that are good. So really temperance is the one that we're going to focus uh, in the next time. And we will make it very interesting because our goal is to apply it to missionaries' lifestyle. And maybe, maybe missionaries can be intemperate even about their mission. So let's see how this is going to go in our next um, installment that we will do with you, Dr. Katya, next time. Thank you so much for coming uh, on uh, the IWM podcast and sharing with our audience on the topic of AIR today. Well, it's my pleasure. Looking forward to the next time. If you would like to explore the earlier interviews in the Celebration series, please visit a very special theme page that we have on the IWM website, which is devoted to missionary health. For that, see a link in the show notes. Our next podcast episode is an interview with Dr. G.T. Ng, who is the Executive Secretary of the General Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. In an interview that is hosted by my colleague at the Institute of World Mission, Ronald Kuhn, Dr. Ng explores the future of cross-cultural mission in the post-COVID-19 world. We will air this interview with Dr. Ng on Friday, September 18th. So stay tuned for that. Lastly, for today... Let me share with you that we are introducing a very useful feature on the IWM website, particularly on the homepage of the IWM podcast. Now you can search and filter through previous episodes, all of them. It's very handy in that, that if you're looking for a resource on a particular topic, now it's just a few keystrokes away. Simply go to iwm.adventist.org forward slash podcast. There you'll see the search tools on the right of the page. My name is Alex Ott, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. <music>